This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to this week's episode of Loving Animals with Dr. Robin Ganser. I'm your host, and I'm so thrilled that you've tuned in to this week's podcast featuring our favorite subject, Loving Animals. Well, today we're not only going to talk about our love for animals, but we're going to talk about how animals can be one end of a healing leash. Yes, we're talking about our service dog and our shelter program, which is quite stunning and how it's able to impact the lives of veterans, those who've served on the front lines of the war and terror. And today I am so thrilled and really truly honored to introduce to you our guest. Our guest is Chris Ford. He serves as the CEO of the National Association of Veteran Serving Organizations, NAVSO. His leadership, his passion, really his entrepreneurship has moved NAVSO from really a concept to a public launch just in 2014. And this group is now really answering the long-demanded call for a national collaborative for the nation's 40,000 plus military and veteran serving organizations. Chris has developed and implemented a strategic direction of this organization in response to really the complex needs of veterans and military families. Chris is an amazing veteran, a 20-year Air Force veteran retiring in 2014 from the Joint Chiefs of Staff where he served in the Chairman's Office of Warrior and Family Support. Chris has leveraged his incredible expertise and perspectives on veteran reintegration to assist and help communities across 18 states seeking to improve their support for military families. He himself has served in nearly a dozen countries around the globe supporting Operation Southern Watch, Enduring Freedom, and Iraqi Freedom. Chris holds a bachelor's degree from the United States Air Force Academy, an academy grad, two master's degree, one from the University of South Carolina, which I love USC, and one from the Naval Postgraduate School. And additionally, his incredible pedigree includes being a graduate of the Air Force Squadron Officer School, the FBI's National Academy, Air Command and Staff College, on and on. This gentleman is an incredible, an incredible patriot, incredible hero, and I'm so delighted to introduce you to Chris Ford. Chris, welcome to our show. Thanks, Dr. Gansard. I'm really honored to be with you today, and I'm really uh, honored to share with you some of the things we're doing together to help veterans and military families. Wow, please do call me Robin. And Chris, it is amazing to meet you. And again, I have to congratulate you on the incredibly successful launch of NAVSO, the National Association of Veterans Serving Organizations, the veteran serving community. I did not realize it was 40,000 plus organizations serving veterans and military families. That's remarkable. Just goes to show how America really does support those who are serving our country. It's remarkable. But to have a national collaborative for this broad and complex group of entities is truly needed, and I congratulate you on this effort. Thanks so much. Can you explain a little bit about the work you do at NAVSO and the mission? Certainly. So at NAVSO, as we like to call it for short, uh, we're squarely focused on transforming the veteran service marketplace into a much more effective mechanism where veterans and military families can find quality supports to live productive lives. Uh, we do this in a couple ways, but primarily we like to scan the marketplace for leading challenges that plague these families from thriving 
looking for opportunities where we might be able to help. And then when we find certain opportunities, we focus on those by delivering innovations that might act as accelerators for impact for veterans and military families. As you described, it's a really broad marketplace with thousands of private organizations plus government agencies at the local, state, and federal level. And so it's a very complex web that we try to help scan through and make things a little bit easier for those families to find the supports they need when they fall into crisis so that those crises are rare, short, and non-reoccurring. So very important because it is so complex. I think if if I was uh, sitting at home as a, a military spouse wondering how to get my partner a service dog, that would be challenging as well. And so having an incredible entity such as yours really helping veterans find their support has to make such a big difference. It's such a noble cause, Chris, with such a broad focus. What are some of the challenges that veterans face after serving our country? Well, great question, Robin. I mean, there are many ranging from unemployment to homelessness or financial crises to mental health concerns such as depression. But the majority of these issues at their core really relate to the psychology of their transition from leaving the military to becoming a veteran. And it's not just the veteran, it's their whole family that's been with them on this military service journey. Let me explain that a little bit more clearly. Most veterans undergoing separation from the military are taught to view this military to civilian transition really as a basket of economic choices. One has to secure a job, pursue perhaps additional education or vocational training, maybe relocate, secure housing, access new health care and benefits, all with the intent of assuming some new role as a satisfied, productive, and purposeful civilian. But recent leaders, myself included, have been proposing a different concept, that this military to civilian transition is less about a basket of economic choices. It's more about a psychology and cultural evolution in which the veteran needs to find a path of reorientation and self-redefinition, sometimes while acclimatizing to new definitions of wellness. But it's really about them moving quite abruptly from a collectivist community to an individualist one. And life transitions are some of the most challenging and most impactful and often misunderstood experiences in the human condition. And the, and the key difference is that transition at its core is a psychological process. These families and the veterans themselves lose a lot of their identity by taking that military uniform off where they were part of a bigger team around one mission, all wearing the same jersey, if you will, week after week, day after day, working for a higher purpose. And when they take that off, Uh, It's really hard sometimes to deal with that psychological and cultural change. That has to be uh, an unbelievable feeling. You know, I think about our first responders at American Humane as well, when they have spent that time serving after Hurricane Irma and Harvey. I know that it was tough when they went back home. And and again, you take off that uniform. It makes such sense why you put it, assuming that, you know, some of our veterans really struggle to overcome these psychological challenges, which have to be so significant. What are the causes and, uh, and the symptoms? Yeah, you know, not all veterans are created equal and not all veterans go through the same transition challenges. So while most veterans successfully navigate their transition, some in a matter of weeks, some in a matter of months, with little or no supports required, there are some veterans, especially those suffering from trauma uh, or post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury, that need additional helps, uh, such as therapy, medication, 
or even service dogs. And so it's the causes from their military experiences that lead to some of these mental health challenges and those symptoms, like anyone else who's experienced non-combat related trauma or exposure to certain incidents has those same types of symptoms, which may include, you know, as I mentioned, depression or traumatic stress uh, or even a brain injury. So they vary. And one thing I want to I want to caution here is that while the circumstances leading to those symptoms may be different than non-U.S. military veterans, the modalities of treatment for those are almost universally the same. So whether your post-traumatic stress comes from a car accident or from combat exposure, the modalities of treatment are usually the same. And it's really important that we recognize that so we don't do a disservice to the veteran community to think that they're the causes of our challenges means that their treatments have to be so unique. We can all do this together by applying a lot of the same methodologies we use for any person suffering from a mental health disorder. That's impactful. That's so impactful. Stay tuned and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Loving Animals. We'll be right back. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Loving Animals with your host, Robin Gansert. Well, let's switch gears a little bit because I know one of the ways that you and I have, have shared a, a passionate interest for is the alternative therapies such as working with service dogs. Can you share with our listeners about American Humane and uh, and your incredible organization's joint effort relating to veterans and service dogs? Yeah, we're excited about this too. It's been a great partnership for us, as you know, but the audience may not know that dating back all the way to a summit we helped American Humane facilitate in September of 2016, we've been walking alongside of you and your staff, find opportunities to improve veteran access to quality service dogs. So at NAVSO, at part of our innovations model, we use a human-centered design methodology where we help partners develop a roadmap of ways that organizations can really make positive change. I think many of us who are trying to solve complex social issues go to the same convenings and meetings and, and talking around the same issue, but really not making much progress. Whereas our methodology using this human-centered design, we handed back to American Humane a roadmap based on stakeholder and thought leader feedback from that summit to say, here, American Humane, if you want to improve veteran access to quality service dog supports, here are a few things 
that you could do. And one of those recommendations and one of those challenges that we're excited to partner with you on is what we've called together Operation Service Dog Access. And this free service for veterans who suffer from mental health issues that already have a service dog, we walk them through an application process that leads to a third-party assessment. And if they pass that assessment, they receive a credential for the veteran and his or her dog to reflect that they are an ADA-compliant team. And once credentialed, this team is then added to our national registry. And as we expect, they will be able to move around the nation in public spaces such as restaurants and hotels and even on airlines more confidently with this new gold standard ID that we expect industry to be looking for to say this is a legitimate service animal. Even if you don't see a physical disability in its owner, um, you should know that it is ADA compliant and, and should be afforded the access offered by the ADA or even the ACAA if they're on an airline. You know, I think that's absolutely such a, a brilliant, brilliant program, Operation Service Dog Access. You know, you and I both have, have seen and heard this personal stories of uh, veterans with service dogs being denied access to flights, denied access to restaurants, uh, embarrassed, you know, in public through, you know, various conversations with the service workers, not letting them have access, not letting them be able to uh, to go about a more normal life, which was the whole purpose of a service dog to begin with. So, so this program is going to be so exciting. I was reading over the weekend where Delta, one of the airlines, just really started to tighten their policies around service dogs. And a, a group like Delta and a company like Delta is going to so welcome Operation Service Dog Access. I believe that so many people get service dogs, emotional support animals, all confused. And I think uh, something like this is going to help clear the confusion. Chris, I don't know if you recall, but there was even an emotional support turkey on a plane on a Delta flight last year. Uh, (laughs) So some people have taken these and call them service animals. When you and I both know uh, that turkey has not gone through the rigorous training that a service dog has, has to go through. And And gosh, there was a turkey, there was a duck. And of course, it's funny on social media to see those photos. But you and I both know it's not funny when the reaction to such incidences causes a knee-jerk reaction, which denies a service dog with a a legitimate service dog with a legitimate wounded warrior access to to public services. And that does sometimes become the knee-jerk reaction. But I applaud Delta for putting more rigor and saying it's only their systems only apply to service dogs. And I'm sure everyone's going to look forward to Operation Service Dog Access. Where can veterans and service dog providers learn more about Operation Service Dog Access and this exciting new partnership? Well, great. We, we're actually just this month launched our official website for this initiative, and it is www.servicedogaccess.org. And anyone who's interested in this innovative program can go there to learn more about it. Veterans who serve their country, who have a service dog as one of their modalities for treatment, can apply to go through our pilot phase of this project. Anyone who works around the country in various industries, from hotels or restaurants or even the airlines, as we've discussed, can also go here to learn more about the program and sign up for updates if they want to keep abreast of our progress. Uh, We're running a pilot program between now and summer of 2018 to test our theories for this system and how it's going to work and support veterans with their service dogs. And we anticipate learning quite a bit through that pilot phase. And once we're done with that, going into a full beta phase 
starting this summer where we'll accept more applicants to go through the process and try and get more and more veterans through this just to make their lives easier and similarly the lives of those frontline employees easier so that they don't feel that they need to challenge people and they get that uncomfortable conversation over and over again. They can look for this new credential and feel more confident that uh, that's a legitimate service animal uh, with their owner. Bravo. Bravo. Well, Chris, you know, helping veterans with this assessment and credentialing makes so much sense. But how effective it'll be if people don't really know about it. Our research has found that 69%, almost 70% of retail employees say they've never received any training from their employer on the questions they are legally allowed to ask customers to verify an animal as a service dog. You're right, uh, Robin. This this effort is really most helpful if we do two things in concert with this program. One is Educate America. And we're really lucky that, as you know, we've secured uh, support from Mars Pet Care, who helped sponsor our initial summit along with the Schultz Family Foundation. Well, Mars Pet Care has decided to help us going forward by creating two short public service announcement videos that we plan to use to educate employees about the do's and don'ts as it relates to service stocks. So that's going to be a very helpful tool set for us to share widely with industry employees so they learn more about how to be a service dog friendly business. And secondarily, we believe that adopting and enforcing a national standard around the training and certification of service dogs for persons with these disorders is a key step as well. And, and we've been excited that we've been working alongside with your team on a change.org petition will actually go live this week where we're asking Congress, who's already introduced those national standards that American Humane Scientific Advisory Committee helped create into one bill on the Hill. So we're applauding Congress for doing that, but we're also asking them to make sure that that same national standard applies to all the bills that are currently in Congress. I believe to date there are five separate bills relating to service dogs and veterans. And, uh, you know, as organizations, we're kind of agnostic about which one of those gets across the finish line in the next congressional session. We just hope that whichever one does takes into account the scientific advisory committee recommendations for a national standard. So, again, that petition will go live this week on change.org. If people search for the National Association of Veterans Serving Organizations, they should find that petition later this week and they can sign it and tell Congress that they support veterans getting access to high quality service dogs. Bravo. That's wonderful. I know the back to the uh, the website that's going to launch www.servicedogaccess.org. And of course, also search for NAVSO on change.org to find that petition. Is that right, Chris? That's right. Wonderful. Any final words or thoughts for our listeners? Chris, it's been such an informative time together. I've learned so much about what your organization does and certainly the commitment for, for service dogs. Any other thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, this has been great. We're just so grateful for the opportunity to share the exciting work we've been doing with American Humane around a cause that we're very passionate about, and that's veteran mental health. You know, the only the only caution I would have for listeners is, is don't fall to a lot of the media or film or movie or television portrayals that every veteran is broken or a hero. Far too often, these media portrayals make it look like either we're all Medal of Honor recipients or we're all suffering from PTSD and we're unstable. Well, the reality is the bell curve of veterans are job-ready citizens who are actively serving in their communities, living very productive lives. But we know that some still struggle with some barriers as a result of their military experience. This is where service dogs can help them and other treatments can help them. 
but I think it's just a little unfair to cast everybody as either broken or a hero. We certainly have people who suffer and those who have done amazing things, but all in all, give veterans a chance to uh, be individuals and meet them where they're at because uh, they're all at different phases of their life. And, and we hope by this particular project we're doing with you at American Humane that we can move more people who've been exposed to combat traumas to more productive lives. So we're just really excited about this initiative going into 2018 and grateful for our time today to be able to share that with your listeners. Well, listeners, you've been sharing this time today with the most impressive Chris Ford, the CEO of NAVSO, which is the National Association of Veterans Serving Organizations. An incredible opportunity to engage in this cause by visiting the change.org petition later this week and also visiting servicedogaccess.org to learn more. Chris, thanks so much for being with us and being on Loving Animals. Thank you, Robin. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Well, friends, what an amazing week learning about this national training standard for service dogs, learning about Operation Service Dog Access, so much that we can do in terms of the healing power of the human-animal bond. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of Loving Animals with Robin Gansert. I'm your host, and I want to thank you again for what you do in your hometown to build a more humane world. Remember, this week and every week, we're loving animals, and I know you do, too. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.